Welcome to In Our Experience, a podcast exploring the many ways of living well with Nourish Yoga Training. I'm your host, Harriet, yoga teacher and founder of Nourish. Today, I'm joined by Carrie Reed. Carrie Reed is a yoga teacher based in the beautiful Falmouth in Cornwall. She hopes to inspire students to bring their attention out of the mind and into their bodies so they can get to know themselves a little better. She also offers bookkeeping services specifically for yoga teachers, including being Nourish's wonderful bookkeeper. I had a really lovely time talking with Carrie. We talked about taking risks, finding ease, and knowing your values as a yoga teacher. One of the things I'm often aware of is that I end up talking to quite established teachers who have perhaps been teaching for a really long time and Carrie is sort of earlier on in her teaching journey and it was really lovely to have that perspective brought in. I'm really keen to hear what you think. As always, I can't wait to share this episode with you. So do let me know what you think. You can drop us an email. How to contact us is in the show notes. Right, here's my chat with Carrie. Welcome Carrie to In Our Experience. It's so lovely Thank to you have so you much. here. My pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, really good today. Excellent. Well, we're going to get started um, with the same question that I ask every guest, um, which is what's nourishing you this week? And as I like to say, this can be anything. It can be small, uh, silly, serious, um, and I'll help you out by sharing mine first. Um, so my nourishing thing this week is maybe something that people will be surprised to find out about me which is that I'm um I'm quite into football <laughs> and um I'm I'm feeling really happy today because the team that I support is Liverpool and we won last night so this will be recorded this will be record uh, released I should say later on but um we're recording it the day after we beat Benfica in the first quarterfinal of the UEFA Champions League so I'm feeling um, like a proud red supporter today um, so I'm finding that very nourishing what about you what's nourishing you uh, what's nourishing me so despite the fact that today is a really gray miserable rainy day in Cornwall mm-hmm. um, this week I've loved getting to spend time at my allotment mm. um, I've I've got an allotment patch, which is really close to my house. It's just a couple of minutes walk away. Um, And because it's been sunny, I've managed to just get there after not being able to be there for very long over winter and just make plans and plant stuff and hang out there with friends. Um, And it's just such a beautiful space. It's, It's really incredible. It gets... It's like such a sun trap. It has a beautiful sunset. Um, So that's just really boosted me this week because I've thought, oh, yeah, this is where I'm going to get to spend a lot of summer. Mm. Um, And that's just really lovely. It's just a nice reminder that after a cold, rainy winter, I have that space to look forward to spending time in. Oh, that's fabulous. What are you planning to grow this growing season? So... I'm a total amateur allotment owner. I got my allotment last year, around this time last year, Mm -hmm. and it was a little bit too late to start planning and planting stuff. So I kind of just relied on what was there before. And the person that owned the allotment before me um, had had it for 12 years. Wow. And they'd really looked after it. 
Um, there were blueberry bushes, strawberries. There's a big crab apple tree in it, um, like golden raspberry canes. Um, there's like gooseberries. There was everything you could imagine. Oh. Flowers, like. And the beauty of it was last year that I had no idea what was planted here. Mm-hmm. And when I got it, it was just after winter. It was all looking a bit sad. It was a bit neglected. There's a lot of grass. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just looked very overgrown. And gradually I started buying some tools. And um, I bought a manual lawnmower, which, by the way, is <laughs> the most therapeutic thing you can ever do. It's so much fun. Um like pushing this manual lawnmower. There's something so lovely about it. Um, And then I just got to see all these things just crop up. Mm -hmm. So at different times during the year, I'd go, no way, look at all these strawberries. And within a couple of days, I had loads of them. I had too many strawberries I could eat. I was like trying to give them all away. Um, I had loads of rhubarb. Um, I still got some in my freezer. Like I was giving it to friends. And then just when you think, okay, that's about it. That's all that was going to grow. I had these beautiful, plump, juicy, bright, yellowy, golden raspberries, just canes and canes and canes of them. Oh. And I just, I had too many that I could eat. I was having to be like, please take some of these. <laughs> like, like knocking on people's doors, like, do you want some? Like, I've got spare. Um, but they were just so lovely. And uh, like mint and then the oh. mint started flowering oh. so I was making like mint flower teas and it was just so amazing and just when I thought okay I think that's it now something else would pop up then I had blueberries oh wow um, and it was amazing so yeah really it was a really great experience last year but now it's kind of down to me this year because um I need to actually get some stuff going so I've planted some more strawberries, um, some courgettes, uh, sunflowers. I want to get some really big sunflowers growing there. Um, and then just wildflower gardens and things like that. So hopefully some of those things will take and and grow. Oh. And I can't wait to see what like pops up and Oh, yeah. that sounds so exciting. I think I, I mean I I don't I do like things in pots. So mm-hmm. um, I have lots of herbs and flowers and I'm always, it's always just really exciting because you're like, oh, it's sort of free in a sense. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah, know. exactly. And then, and then, you know, when you, yeah, I think it's great. Oh, that sounds lovely. I'm looking forward to seeing some pictures of it. Please send, please yeah. send some pictures. Um, that's wonderful. I will, yeah. It's a really lovely space as well. It's really big. It's huge. So it's probably at least the size of my one-bedroom flat. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so it's good. Excellent. Well, um, thanks for sharing your nourishing thing with me. Um, so let's I, – I, I want to hear about you, please. Um, do tell me a little bit about – a little bit about your background and how it is you would describe what you do. Okay. Um, so I guess – what I do at the moment has changed quite a lot. Um, if you asked me this question last year or the year before, it would have been completely different. Mm. So I've changed my life quite massively over the last couple of years. Um, kind of, it's been sort of growing and building to the point that it is now. Mm-hmm. So 
what I've been trying to do is just create more freedom um, in my work. And um, so before now, um, most of my career, I've been working in finance and accountancy. Mm -hmm. Um, I started out working in insolvency, which is, you know, like... (laughs) That sounds subject. joyful. <laughs> yeah, it was not joyful. Um, so it was like business bankruptcies, liquidations, all that mm. type of thing. And I did that for six years. Wow. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I just, and um, yeah, so I started out doing that. And it wasn't at all what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I did my degree in psychology. Um, and it was a toss up between psychology and dance and I chose psychology and I wanted to be a psychologist and at uni, I used to do lots of volunteer work, lots of charity work. Um, everything was geared to me becoming a therapist. Mm. You know, it was, that was my kind of my direction. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then I found it extremely hard once I graduated to get any work it was 2018 20 no 2008 2009 mm-hmm. and it was the recession and I decided that I was going to go traveling so I didn't even make my graduation I just went see you guys I'm going and I packed my bags and I spent two years traveling around the world with my backpack going to all sorts of places um I lived in New Zealand for a while, Australia, um, Hong Kong on a boat for three months. Um, wow. Yeah, I went to lots and lots of places and I would au pair, uh, live with families and take care of their children. And I would do yoga in all sorts of funny little places. I had um, my backpack was I had a little tiny mini laptop that had a plug that would plug into a DVD player so I could play my yoga DVDs that I, I had um, really, really old fashioned. Um, and I thought if I go traveling, when I get back, the recession will be over and I'll be able to get a job, no problem. Mm. And the whole time I was traveling, I was applying for all these kind of psychology related jobs. And I'd done so much volunteer work. I was like, you know, it's going to be fine. I've got lots of stuff, but absolutely nobody would give me a job without having paid experience okay absolutely nobody um and I just found it really difficult so I came back uh, to Cornwall after my couple of years of traveling and kind of thought well I've got to get a job now really like I've got to you know so I worked in a bar over the summer and had a great time and then I just applied for an office job because I thought right I've just got to get something mm. um So I ended up working in an insolvency practitioners, um, which was like this strange office by the sea uh, down on Mullion Cove. So it was overlooking the sea. It was a really odd place for an insolvency practitioners, but lovely. Um, And I ended up working there. And from such a young age, it was really drilled into me that you have to uh, like just get a good job, get a good paycheck, get lots of qualifications just Mm. go 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 so as soon as I got this job they offered me the opportunity to do insolvency training Mm -hmm. so I started doing that 
I spent three years trying to pass this insolvency exam that nobody's ever heard of. But for some reason, it became my entire focus. <laughs> and I kept failing. I kept not passing this exam. Oh, wow. And I just kept trying. And it took me three times, three years. And it amazes me now that I spent so much time and effort when clearly this wasn't right for me at all. And I just kept going in the wrong direction, like literally hitting a wall, but just forcing this thing to happen because I just thought I had to pass this exam mm -hmm. for my career in this thing that I didn't want to do. <laughs> so it was really strange. Um, and then I ended up thinking, I can't stay in insolvency forever, so I'm going to sidestep into accountancy. So then I started doing my accountancy exams with the same firm. And then I eventually was brave enough to leave that company and go into an accountancy job. Um, and then from there, I've gone into different accountancy jobs down in Cornwall, worked for some cool businesses. And um, yeah, some of that's been really fun. Um, but since training as a yoga teacher, I've been able to gradually uh, sort of reduce my hours doing accountancy and just get more of a mix and more of a variety in what I want to do for my day to day. Mm. And you recently, you recently finished your teacher training, right? Mm. I did my teacher training during the pandemic, so 2020. Well done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> It was hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know how hard it was to sort of train people during that time. Um, so to have completed your training um, is a big achievement. I'm so, I'm so interested in like how I like, I, I really, I really enjoyed that you, you sort of sharing your background there. I think it's really interesting how we can, you know, find ourselves down those rabbit holes where we think we're in the right place or we think we're in the place where we need to be. And even when all of the signs, you know, all of our experiences might tell us otherwise, we can be really quite um, committed to something, even if it isn't quite, isn't quite right. Um, and I'm curious about how, you know, maybe how you're finding your experience now that you're sort of perhaps stepping into something that's a little bit more, um, you know, a, a little bit more true to you or a little bit more, you know, more, you know, resonating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, it just feels great. Mm. It just feels like the most natural thing in the world. And when I step into a yoga class, everything just feels natural. I feel like I'm exactly where I should be. It sounds like a cliche, but it feels like just really great. It feels great. And I've never had that before. And it is funny how you just get these ideas in your head about, I need to pass, I need to do this. And I wasn't listening to who I was or what I wanted or where I wanted to be. I was just so focused on this one thing. Mm. And now I feel like the last maybe five years, I've 
started to just like everything has just started to grow and move into this direction Mm. um and it feels really great and it feels like everything happens so much more naturally and with ease and isn't it um is it the alchemist that says when you figure out what you're meant to do the whole world conspires to make it happen something something like that something along those lines I think what what shifted do you think that because there's there's a you know even if your experience when you sort of arrive there is is one of ease and of it sort of slotting into place there still requires like I think a level of bravery or a level of risk taking um to sort of take that to take that leap so I'm, I'm curious like do you know what it is that shifted for you that enabled you to you know let go of those ideas about like you know got to pass the test got to get the job you know got to get the qualification to sort of begin that transition I think it was um lots of different things actually um so I think it's maybe age getting older mm-hmm. you kind of go well wait and you kind of reassess Mm -hmm. periodically and go well am I on the right path am Mm -hmm. I do I want to do this for the rest of my career Mm -hmm. do I want to change because there's an element although I totally believe that you can change careers and do whatever you want at any age it's Mm -hmm. never ever too late but I did have these pangs of like if I want to change my career I should do it now because it's going to take a while and it's going to And money's always been like something that's held me back because I've never had enough to go. I want to retrain in this because it's always expensive. And I always had to work to support myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the pandemic definitely was a factor. Um, But also my dad died just before the pandemic. I'm sorry to hear that. So that was a really, thank you that was a really big thing. Um, and there was just lots going on. And I think the last couple of years has been a whirlwind of things that have shifted my perspective on what I want for my life. Um, and I've just wanted to create something more true to myself. Mm. And when I started doing my yoga teacher training, it felt like a Mm no-brainer and I was kind of angry at myself like why didn't I figure this out before what like but (laughs) you know like it happened at exactly the right time I'm sure sure but you just kind of think of course of course this is what I should be doing but up until that point it's like you just I was trying all these different things and I think I used to get have all these different ideas of, okay, maybe I should do this then. And because I started out on the wrong path or I was very easily swayed off the path that I was on, Mm. it just felt, you get lost along that path and then I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And so I would think, how do I get back to um, psychology, which is what I always wanted to do originally. Mm. So I thought in the absence of knowing what I want to do exactly, I'll go back to what I originally wanted to do because it must be the right thing. Mm-hmm. And no matter how much I tried to get back, it was almost like the same thing with the insolvency exams. I, I felt stuck again because mm. I was trying to get back to somewhere 
But that also wasn't right for me anymore because I had also grown and changed and it feels like I naturally found this path with a greater ease than anything else I'd conjured up in my brain to go ahead and do. So it was about, and then when I started noticing that these things were slotting into place, I'm not saying it was easy by any means, but Mm. when these things started happening, I was, it felt natural and I felt like I could relax because Mm. all these years I've been like, well, should I move to this or should I do that or should, you know, um, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy doing accountancy at all. I do. I, I love the businesses I work for. I feel invested in them. Um, but yoga just feels like the most natural thing mm. for me to do. Mm. I think and it feels really nice. Yeah. I think you, you said something in there that I really appreciated and I think is so true that just because you experience ease around something doesn't mean that it's easy. And I think that's such an important distinction because like, you know, otherwise I think sometimes it can get a bit like law of attraction-y and I'm not so, I'm not so into that, but I do really, I do really hear what you're saying about like when you, when you find yourself on a path and on a trajectory that is, you know, more authentic to you, there is a sense of ease. It's like, well, suddenly, you know, the way that decisions unfold and things happen, there's um, much more space and much more sort of naturalness about it. But that doesn't mean that you don't work your ass off. And that doesn't mean that it's necessarily like an easy experience for you. You know, as you say, like you you experienced anger that you, you know, you sort of hadn't found it before. And I think, you know, um, yeah, I, I really love that you sort of, you, you brought that in there because I think it's something that's really, it's really important to say. Yeah. And my, my actual yoga training, I found really difficult. Mm. And there were so many times that I thought, oh, well, I should just give this up because um, I think I said this to you before. I don't know if it was my life situation at the time. It was that we were in a pandemic. It was that my dad had died. It was that I was in the wrong relationship at the time. It was just everything felt really busy. And the work that was involved in my yoga training over that course of the year was really demanding. And mm. there was a lot of written work. There was a lot of practice time. And I just always felt behind. And we did um, our training one weekend every month. Mm-hmm. And then we had a series of four, five or six assignments to do within that month. It was quite intense. And every single month. It was a lot, yeah. One was like a big essay as well. And there would be like, read the Bhagavad Gita would be one of them for one of our homeworks. And it's like, so it was a lot. It was a lot. It was great, but it was a lot. And every month um, you kind of assigned with a buddy, me and my buddy would go, right, we're going to get our homework in on time. We're going to start straight away. And after an entire weekend of yoga training, when it's kind of squeezed in the middle of a full week working week and you haven't had a weekend to rest I felt like I couldn't then go straight into all the assignments and homework because I needed it to sort of settle and resonate Mm. 
in me before I then started to write and research and practice. And then by the time we've done that, you suddenly think, shit, I've got a week to go Mm -hmm. before my next training Mm -hmm. and I've got to get all this homework in. So there were so many times that it felt difficult. And because our trainings were online as well, Mm. I struggled with that. I mean, they started off in person. I think we had one weekend in person and then it went online. Um, And then I think at the end, there were a couple that we could have in person. And it was such a noticeable difference between the ones we had in person. Everybody felt so much more uplifted and Mm. you got to feed off the energy of the room and it's just something you just can't always create online Mm. um and you do get zoom fatigue if you're there online for so many hours and so yeah it was really really tough and there were so many times where I felt like I wasn't getting it I wasn't going to be a very good yoga teacher Mm. it wasn't for me it's too busy. Shall I just quit it now? Mm-hmm. Um, but but for s- somehow I just carried on. I carried on and I got to the end and I passed all my exams. We had a physical exam and a four-hour written exam, which was intense. Wow. It was intense. Um, <laughs> and it was, four, it was four hours to the minute. It wasn't like you'd be done in three. It was writing every last wow second of word to the last minute that's i mean so it was that's intense. a lot i mean if anybody anybody listening to this my teacher training is not like this <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm no, not trying to put anybody off no, teacher training yeah, no 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 shade or carries teacher training but like <laughs> when there are no timed exams in my teacher. yeah um yeah but like, I know, that's not in everyone no and i mean it's not to say that like there's not value in that that sort of that sort of learning experience but there is an intensity to it that I do think um that I do think is interesting um and I I think I think that's also another really another really important point is that like teacher training isn't always easy like it can be really difficult I mean I had a a new cohort start this week and one of the things I was saying to them is that you know your your relationship to your practice is going to change throughout the training. Like it's, it's unavoidable and it's really important to be open-minded, you know, to the material and to the things that other people will share in, in the course, but also to be really open-minded to yourself and to what's going to come up for you throughout, you know, this course, because, um, you know, a lot can change within the space of a 200 hour teacher training. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't think I necessarily knew how hard it would be. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it to be that demanding. Mm. Um, and my teacher will tell you that it's hard. She, she's, you know, she will say it's hard work. It's not easy. It's not, it's not like a tick and flick. You've got your certificate. It's really hard work. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, so yeah, I definitely wasn't ready for that, but I got through it and it was great and I made great friends and I wouldn't change it yeah, for the course. world. Um, and then once I qualified, there was this kind of like breath of like, oh, I did it. And that was really tough because there were so many other things going on as well. Mm. And then once I qualified, it felt like all these opportunities just came my way and 
I made a promise to myself, even though I was so scared to start teaching, I felt like I had to practice more or Mm. I just needed to, you know, I'm not quite ready. I just need to practice more and more and more and then I'll be ready. And then I also realized that I'll never be more ready than I am now Mm -hmm. because I am just at the end of a teacher training. So I told myself that I would say yes to every single opportunity that came my way and then figure it out later. So I got offered to teach class. I said yes. And then another class, I said yes. And another class. And every time I was absolutely petrified. And every time I did it, it was absolutely fine. Mm. Um, there were definitely, I remember you saying to me that your first 20 classes will just feel very, you yeah. just feel really weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I remember that. And I was like, how many have I done now? Surely my 20 are up. <laughs> I was just, everything start feeling great. Um, but everything felt natural. And I'd still have those classes where I'd think, oh God, I messed that one up, didn't I? And I'd think, I hope nobody tells anybody that that happened. Like, <laughs> I hope can we just erase that? And I like, everybody would give me good feedback at the end of a class. People would say things that I'd think, really? Yeah. They'd say, you're a great teacher. You have a great voice. Or I really needed to hear that. Or that was exactly what I needed. Mm. And I just started to realize that it doesn't matter if I don't think the class went well, or I got my left and rights mixed up or I said that wrong thing that you're not supposed to say or whatever, because however, I I really truly believe that however I show up to a class is exactly what is needed at that time. Mm. So I think often, often it's the classes where you're like, oh, that was not right. Where the students will be like, that was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And you're like, really? Were we in the same class? Yeah. Yeah. hundred, like a hundred percent. Like I've yeah. had that, I've had, ta- I've taught classes. I, I, there's one class in, in particular that really sticks out to me where I was really, um, I was really angry that day. Like I can't even remember what I was angry about now, but I was just, I was in a terrible mood and I rocked up and I taught this class and I was just a bitch about it. Like I, I taught, <laughs> I taught like in my usual way, but on the inside I was, I was hating it and I was hating myself and I was hating the situation. And then at the end of the class, um, uh, one of my students who I then trained to be a teacher and, and is a really good friend of mine, she was, she sort of bounced up and she was like, oh, thanks, Harriet. That was just what I needed. Loved it. And I was like, it was like a, it was like a parallel universe. I was like, we yeah. are existing in a different, <laughs> in two different worlds, but that's fine. And I think as well, like, you know, what you're saying, it, it sort of, these mistakes have like mistakes with inverted commas, like mm. they happen and they're not a big deal. And most of the time you're the one that's going to remember them and not your students. Um, but it's hard to sort of, it's, you don't know that that's true until you start teaching and you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> um, I haven't, I haven't, haven't made any fart jokes or told any fart stories yet on this, on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to now, which is that like, also like I have literally 
farted in front in front of a whole <laughs> class of students. <laughs> I was teaching and it happened like it happened at the best moment. I was like, oh comically, this is just wonderful. <laughs> so I was I've been teaching, it was like a vinyas like a vinyasary class. And <clears throat> We'd been working up towards compass pose and for for anybody that doesn't know what compass pose is like, you're sort of sitting on the floor with one leg bent in and then you bring your other leg like up behind your head and you hold it with a hand. So it's like a real classically like bendy yoga teacher pose and I was being a complete dickhead and demonstrating it for my students and just as I bring my foot up behind my head, <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Like and everybody, oh everybody's looking at me because I'm demonstrating the, <laughs> demonstrating the pose. Like so you've got nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide. I like what can you what can you do in that moment except like shrug and laugh with them because everybody's everybody's laughing. Blame it on somebody else. <laughs> there was nobody else. I could blame nobody was. They were just sitting there. Oh. So you sort of like you have to you have to laugh at yourself. And laugh with your yeah. students and then, you know, and then move on because, you know, yeah. like, and they, like, those students probably don't remember that, but I, I certainly do. <laughs> You've just reminded them. Yeah, I just reminded them <laughs> and the world. Yeah, that's very amazing. Yeah, great. I mean, I think I'm just relaxing enough to start to, like, get that sort of, like, jokey, like, mm-hmm. kind of... I guess the first time you start teaching, I feel for me quite tense because I'm like, I'm focusing, mm. I'm thinking of, I'm like, don't forget where you're next going. Don't forget all the line, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, so I'm in my brain and I'm trying to go through it. And I feel like now I've, I haven't been teaching for that long, but I, I've taught a lot of classes. So right from the start of my training, I started teaching and I've probably been teaching anywhere between three and seven classes a week um so it's a lot of classes mm. and I've just started to feel relaxed mm. relaxed enough that I don't have to meticulously plan every class mm-hmm. I don't have to know where I'm going all the time mm-hmm. and then there becomes room for that light-heartedness that you can bring in your personality mm. and that type of thing so I feel like I'm just sort of relaxing into that space and that feels really nice Mm, I'm so pleased to hear that really nice yeah yeah my my like my advice that I think I I gave to you and that I give to everybody is that your first 20 classes feel really strange and then that's where the steepest learning curve happens and then by the time you get to 100 classes that's when you start to be at the place where you're talking about now where you start to find a bit of you know like more space around it um so I'm really pleased to hear that well we are sort of getting close to the end of our time here but before we before we finish I want to dip back into the sort of money side of things because now you're in the position of being a self-employed yoga teacher with all of these years of experience in accountancy and in in money and I guess um I'm, I'm curious to hear like what firstly how you're finding that but also you know if you could give yoga teachers one or two pieces of advice around money and bookkeeping 
or accountancy, what what would that be? So firstly, I'm finding it really scary to mm. be self-employed. Um, I have always relied on that regular paycheck, full-time work. And the last couple of years that I've been sort of edging into freelance. So I started freelancing alongside my job um, a few years ago, just doing little bits and pieces and then just being really busy. So Mm. if you've got a full-time job and then you're trying to do it, you get to the stage where you're totally full but you you don't have enough time to do freelance work to give up the full-time job. Mm. So it's like a total leap of faith. Mm. Um, and then I remember saying to you actually that I went to a yoga treat in Spain for Christmas, which was lovely. And it gave me some real time to think about all the things I wanted for this year. And it feels like a big year. Mm. Um, like the energy of this year just feels huge mm. and Yeah, and I think my plan was to move into, so not, so give up full-time work. So work part-time in accountancy and then part-time as a yoga teacher Mm. and doing my own freelance bookkeeping. Um, And that was really, really scary to do. Mm. Um, I don't have any... I don't have like a family network or mm-hmm. a, like a financial support network. I'm totally been reliant on myself and that's why it feels really scary mm-hmm. to, to do because I've always had to support myself. But being able to support myself is a huge thing on its own. Being able to support myself doing things that I enjoy and with a sense of freedom is everything. And that's what I have managed to create this year much earlier than I wanted to I think I gave myself three months into this year that I wanted to do it and it kind of all happened for one reason or another as soon as I got back from this retreat in January it just all kind of went here it is it was kind of scary um but it's been really great and I I really enjoy having all the different things that I do and just choice in my day Mm -hmm. So it's really empowering to be able to choose what kind of work you do that matches your energy that day or just freedom is great. Um, So that's how I found it. Um, For yoga teachers in bookkeeping, I think obviously like the normal things, like make sure you keep your receipts, make sure you track your expenses and just, just know what your income and expenses are Mm. it's like don't be afraid of them um so lots of people I find don't connect with numbers and just don't don't really want to pay much attention to it Mm. but if you know what you're making and what your outgoings are it's really empowering because you can make decisions for your business Mm -hmm. um that kind of steer that um Mm. and one of my main tips is to know your value so when you're pricing how much things are going to be you've got to take into account not just that hour that you're teaching a class for example but the prep Mm -hmm. the travel Mm -hmm. all the things that go with it the energy that you're going to spend on that class Mm -hmm. um so I would always say just 
price yourself at the value that you're worth. So I think there's a lot of undercharging that happens. Yeah, there is. There is. Wonderful. Great tips. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Carrie. Where can our listeners find you on the internet? Um, Yes. Uh, So you can find me on Instagram. I'm Carrie on Yoga. Um, And my website is carryonyoga.co.uk. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a joy talking to you. And um, I'll see you soon. I will see you soon. Yeah. I'll see you next week. No, two weeks. Next week. Two weeks. The week after that. Week after that. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. I look forward to it. Wonderful. I'll see you then. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to In Our Experience. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We love hearing what you think and it makes a really big difference. In the meantime, until the next episode comes out, why not check us out on our Instagram account at Nourish Yoga Training or pop us an email via our website. See you soon.